Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The two Vancouver police constables who were disciplined for wrongfully handcuffing a Heitzig grandfather and his granddaughter outside of Vancouver uh, Bank in 2019 will not be in Bella Bella uh, today for the apology ceremony. We heard some of that news story just a few minutes ago. Now, the two arresting officers, Constable Cannon Wong and Constable Mitchell Tong, were invited to go to the apology ceremony as part of the settlement reached with Vancouver Police earlier this year. The Heltzik Nation said the apology ceremony will become an uplifting ceremony uh, instead, they said that the nation is deeply disappointed by the constable's decision not to attend. Um, in a statement to Global News, Vancouver Police Board spokesperson Faye Whiteman said that the board is the individual respondent to the human rights case, not the individual constables. Uh, she went on to say that it is important not to confuse the key elements of the settlement and the difference between the holistic process of reconciliation on a systemic scale through the human rights tribunal settlement versus the independent discipline process involving the officers. Joining us now to talk about this particular situation is Breen Ouellette. He's a Vancouver-based lawyer of Métis descent and a former election candidate for the federal NDP. Breen, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Walk me through this. I was uh, reading this story earlier today and I thought it was an important one for us to cover and to talk about. What are your thoughts on uh, this particular situation where, as the uh, spokesperson for the, uh, the police board said that there is a dif- difference between the human rights tribunal settlement versus the independent discipline process that is there. At the same time, you have this ceremony, the Heltzik Nation hoped that these officers were there. What are your thoughts on, on what you've heard so far? Well, I'm really glad that you honed in on that statement because I did too. Um so uh, what I want everybody to consider for a moment is the systemic racism in this case so far, because it's piling up. Um, we've got BMO staff originally called police on Maxwell Johnson and his granddaughter, Tori Ann, two Indigenous people trying to open a bank account with a legal ID. This could have been resolved without calling the police, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Then two VPD officers immediately show up and detain uh, Mr. Johnson and his 12-year-old granddaughter, took them outside the bank and handcuffed them. This could have been resolved by verifying the ED, uh, IDs inside the bank without any of the trauma involved. And then on top of that, initially the VPD claimed that its officers were not motivated by racism, which uh, obviously findings uh, uh, were made that uh, say otherwise. So. Now today we've got a VPD spokesperson, as you said, who says it's important not to confuse these two processes, the Human Rights Tribunal Settlement and the uh, independent discipline process of the two officers. So on one hand, we've got a settlement agreement and the VPD has admitted um, uh, that they have, were required to make best efforts to have the two officers attend and apologize. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, we've got Those same two officers were disciplined for misconduct earlier this year by a retired judge appointed by the Office of the Police Complaint Commissioner. And both officers were found, um, quote, acted oppressively in their dealings with Mr. Johnson and his granddaughter. The officers' actions in arresting and handcuffing the parties was undertaken without 
on, well, without reasonable and probable grounds, end quote. And, uh, and as, as a result of this uh, finding of misconduct, both officers were ordered to apologize. Hmm. And, and now today we know that these officers are refusing to apologize. So we've got more systemic racism uh, piling on this. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the BPD spokesperson seems to think that there's some distinction, but that's, that, to me, that's totally incorrect. We've got two outcomes that should have resulted in an apology at the ceremony today. And the breakdown of justice for Indigenous peoples is often due to the interplay between separate systems. It's not a loophole. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. This is systemic racism piled on top of an ever-growing heap of systemic racism against Mr. Johnson and his granddaughter. Uh, how important um, culturally is the apology ceremony? Well, I think, uh, I, I you know, cu- culturally, I think both, Mr. Johnson and his granddaughter obviously wanted this. They, they wanted this apology. They wanted the closure. They wanted to, I, I think uh, Mr. Johnson's words were something to the effect of he wanted to close the circle on this. And, um, and now, instead of having an apology ceremony, they're having an uplifting ceremony, which means the community is coming together to protect these two individuals, to say, you know, we, we, we lift you up, we recognize what you're going through, and we want to hold you up and say that this shouldn't be happening to you. I think that says it all. Mm-hmm. What do you think needs to happen moving forward? Uh, I'm sure the VPD, you know, there may be some statement from them, uh, but is it really going to be a, a conversation between those, those two officers and, and, and those that were, those two that were accused, uh, Mr. Johnson and, and his granddaughter? It still has to get there before they're... Now, the closure isn't the right word, but at least some sort of conversation in regards to resolving what occurred. Well, I, I think that um, it's it's clear from every position on this. Nobody has has um, no no authority has said that they didn't commit those two officers didn't commit a wrong against um, Mr. Johnson and his granddaughter. So. Uh, what needs to change? Um, we need to recognize how systems uh, interplay with each other to pile on more systemic racism. We need to recognize that uh, police have a position of great power and privilege in our society. And I've talked about this before. It, it, it's similar in some ways to the way that lawyers have that power and authority. And if this was a lawyer who had used, you know, say it was a Crown prosecutor who had done something improper to detain two Indigenous people, that lawyer would appear before the law society, no doubt. The law society would make an order to, uh, for that lawyer to apologize. And that, la- that lawyer would damn well show up to the apology. There's no doubt. Because mm-hmm. if they didn't, they would face serious repercussions up to and including a suspension of their license or disbarment from the practice. And so we need to keep asking ourselves, are police held to a high enough standard? Should we be regulating them as licensed professionals? I think we should. Mm -hmm. Uh, How much of a... I mean, the, RC, the police itself and all uh, paramilitary organizations, certainly RCMP or, or municipal forces, have, you know, working towards being much more diverse and open uh, with many uh, underrepresented groups. Uh, this particular uh, conversation, this particular incident and what has transpired since then, um, is this moving the force in your mind 
uh, back in by years, or is this a case where there still there is an opportunity to, to 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 at least address this? Because you know you can talk about reconciliation, you can talk about being open, you can talk about dealing with systemic racism, which you and I have talked about a lot. But then mm-hmm. when push comes to shove, in a moment like this. These two officers, they were not showing up, and it may be a union issue as well. I don't know. Uh, how far back does it set the VPD? I think that I think that they're definitely not gaining ground at this point. And it's not just this incident. Uh, you know, just a few months back, uh, Chief Palmer was defending the blue line, uh, thin blue line flag. Uh, that some officers are wearing and was claiming that it has a history of being uh, a positive um, uh, symbol. And the, he, he was flat out wrong on that. Uh, the, the initial um, popularization of the phrase was from L.A. back uh, during the Watts riots and earlier, and it was clearly aimed at uh, uh, black people and indigenous people uh, as as what the thin blue line was separating uh, civilized society from. So, um, you know, it's just, we've seen police across this country uh, uh, are, are resisting, uh, accepting and moving forward in a positive way when it comes to Indigenous people. And I'm from Saskatoon. I remember Neil Stonechild dying because of a starlight to her left to freeze to death. Um, and, the, you know, the list goes on and on and on. We as a society mm-hmm. need to start demanding the changes. And the changes are going to have to have serious force behind them so that we can finally weed out the bad apples. The bad apples are spoiling the whole bunch. And nobody deserves that, including the, the officers who are trying to do a good job. Yeah. Breen, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Always enjoy our conversation. Thank you.